0: Hello and welcome to our video summary featuring all you need to know about Richard III which is a historical play by William Shakespeare that's believed to have been written in around 1593. So in this video I'll summarise all you need to know about the plot, its key characters, key themes as well as important points of analysis to bear in mind particularly if you were studying this play on a very last minute basis before an exam Or if you just need some pointers on this play, if you're completing it, for example, for your coursework. However, before we go into it, it's important to have some contextual knowledge about the playwright himself. So Richard III is one of Shakespeare's historical dramas. He mainly wrote comedies, which are plays that he wrote, which have a happy ending. Tragedies, uh, plays with sad endings and also Histories, so historical dramas, and Richard Third is one of them. While many parts and characters in the play could be made up, the majority of it is based on the real event of Richard III's rule in England. Now, going into some detail on the play itself. So the play starts off uh, with Edward IV's younger brother, Richard who resents his brother and his happiness and good fortune. He decides to take the throne for himself. He manipulates Lady Anne into marrying him, even though he killed her first husband, and we learned this in the previous play. He has his brother Clarence killed, and he blames his older brother, King Edward. This makes Edward ill, and he dies very quickly. Richard becomes king until one of Edward's sons is old enough to take over. Richard kills all noblemen who are loyal to the princes. He has the prince's mother's family arrested and killed and he starts a campaign to become king. And he has the princes sent to the Tower and murdered to the Tower of London. And this just really serves to emphasise just how purely evil and Machiavellian Richard III is. Rumours begin that someone in France will challenge him for the throne and his people are also growing increasingly unhappy over how Machiavellian his style of leadership is. And the challenger is the Earl of Richmond. Richard and his wife, uh, he has his wife, Queen Anne, murdered. He then wants to marry the daughter of Elizabeth and Richard, his niece. And Queen Elizabeth stalls him and secretly promises young Elizabeth over to Richmond for marriage instead Richard then has a terrible dream in which all the people he killed come to kill him and they tell him that he will die he's killed in battle the next day and Richmond is crowned king and Richmond marries Elizabeth instead now moving on to the key characters in this play the first major key character is Richard III He's a protagonist, but actually, um, more correctly, he's the antagonist because he's the main villain. But he's a key and the central character who drives this entire play forward. Uh, And though we all know that he's very evil from the start, he also is incredibly charming and a sympathetic character in the play. And it's actually because of his charm initially at the beginning, when people don't suspect and really understand just how truly evil he is, that he wins them over before he turns on them. And indeed, he manages to, to seduce and trick many characters that then find out just how evil he is. Another interesting character is the Earl of Richmond, who does uh, defeat Richard the, th- uh, the III. Uh, he's part of the Lancaster branch of the royal family, and he represents fairness and justice. And he founded the Tudor dynasty, which ruled England while Shakespeare was still alive. Queen Elizabeth is another important character, and she's also known as Lady Grey. She's intelligent and strong-willed, and she challenges Richard himself. She's the mother of two princes and young Elizabeth. Now, when it comes to the themes, there's quite a few to bear in mind. The first is the theme of manipulation. So Richard III is not a lovable man, and he even is very outwardly deformed. However, he somehow manages to manipulate people into doing what he wants. He's very good with words and his language becomes a tool for manipulation. Even characters like Anne that know just how evil Richard is allow themselves to be used by him. And this shows just how powerful his manipulative character is. Politics during this time period were very complex, much like they are today. In many of Shakespeare's plays, the way commoners feel about a, rule translates, a ruler translates to the health of a country and ultimately the ruler's fate himself. So for example, see this in Macbeth, uh, the commoners, when they increasingly feel unhappy about the state, the state becomes sick and ultimately this led to Macbeth's own demise. And Richard is no exception to this. The commoners do not like Richard III and they pick up on his evil ways long before the nobility do and the state, under which he rules does become a sick state and the commoners do rally and support Richmond which ultimately leads to his own success. The play also resembles many other plays about famous rulers. Uh, someone kills or ruins someone else to, um, else to get the throne. However, the greed is also also becomes a downfall once they get into power. And Shakespeare highlights just how some people will do anything for power, even if it means killing their own family members. These plays often end tragically for the character who became greedy. So for example, in Macbeth, Macbeth is defeated in the end uh, and part of it is down to his greed for power and in this play too Richard III's greed is proven to be for nothing as he is overthrown uh, by Richmond, not Richard, I should say Richmond on the slide. Now when it comes to analysis the first interesting symbolism is the ball and this is a symbol for Richard III At the time, boars were associated with violence and and wildness and the boar could also allude to how Richard III was highly deformed. Curses and prophecies or the supernatural are another interesting aspect of symbolism. So at first it appears curses and prophecies are easy to dismiss. However, it it is a mistake to dismiss these curses as meaningless or as cheap tricks because both become a powerful force in the play. Particularly when wielded by women, so curses and prophecies in the play represent a power which is greater than Richard's own and which he cannot control no matter how clever he is. And that's the power of the supernatural. So that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this video, do give us a thumbs up and subscribe. And also check out our channel for more videos and revision worksheets. Which are focused on different aspects of the English syllabus. Thanks so much for listening and do let your friends know about this video should you think it might be useful to them. Thank you so much.